You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. This is the High Hopes Podcast. It's a bunch of baseball nerds talking about the Phillies on Radio.com and Sports Radio 94 WIP. Yo! It is another edition of the Yo's Podcast. I don't even know what to do with the Yo's anymore. I mean, what do you do? You get no hit on Friday, Jack. No hit. They got no hit on Friday. Well. Then they bounced back Saturday, and it's like, what a win. After you get no hit the other day, you come out slow. There's no offense, and you find a way to win a baseball game. And then Sunday happens. How you doing, pal? Let me just address the no-hitter. <laughs> it's fine. Everything's fine. No. There's nothing to worry about. That... Let the fills get hot. No, 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 no. no. My statement on the no-hitter is that that was not a no-hitter. Like, that was... The way that they acted and celebrated, that was not an accomplishment. I didn't like. I am. I respect pitching. You know that. I will respect anything uh, pitching related that I value as as true greatness. There was no true greatness to what the Mets wow. did on on Friday wow. night. And Shots like, at the pitching. Well, no, guy. but uh, to, to, to see to see like why is McGill's parents in tears? He pitched six innings. I think he pitched five, didn't he? What he whatever. <laughs> like, what are you – he didn't throw a no-hitter. He did not throw a no-hitter. Like, the Mets, dude, congrats. No, but the Mets did. Congrats Mets on did. your little combined no-hitter. It was yeah. – you walked six people. There was nothing impre- – they threw 159 pitches. Like, I, I, spare me the no-hitter talk. I don't well, care. I, yeah, honestly, I, mean, I like, don't care they got no-hit or whatever. Quote-unquote, I don't care they got quote-unquote no-hit. Well, I, I – like, sure. I, I don't care that much either. Like, to, to your point – Zach Wheeler's one hit game on on Roy Halladay Day is a thousand times a better start than or an outing, so to speak, than what the Mets did the other night. So I, I get your point. But at the same time, like they got no hit. Man. I know. Like, I... I'm sorry. Like, I'm I'm bummed. I don't know what to do with the yo, by the way. I feel like I'm all like, what do I do? I mean, how do I respond to this? I, I feel like I'm I'm deep into the the yo having to mimic where we're at, and this is just because I'm not freaking out. Like it's just a series against the Mets. It's 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 May second. Like far from concern time, far from freakout time. But you know, after our four game sweep, after we're feeling good, it's just like you know a little bit of a letdown, Jack. Yeah, it is, and it, it's frustrating too from the standpoint of like the Mets look like a good baseball team. I mean, there's there's no doubt they about it. They look legit. Yeah, yeah, and they definitely do. And sure, could the Mets still mess this thing thing up? We we know they can. Um, and I guess the thing that's frustrating for me, like, I, I still feel good about the team. Like, I think they're both top. Personally, I think they're both top ten in offense and pitching. So like, I I, I think that they'll be okay as the season goes along. Here, I guess the thing that's frustrating a little bit for me is that. They just don't look like a tough team. Like they don't look like a team that's gonna that's gonna grit and grind their way through a game if they're not hitting the ball at a ballpark. Like, you know, I see I just feel like other teams are much better at, you know, capitalizing and they're not you know, when everything's going great, they they they're they're very front runny, this baseball team. Mm-hmm. Um and when they get behind, I feel like they kind of fold. And, you know, it was good to see Schwarber on Saturday have the big homer to, to give him the lead. And it's like, all right, like that's what that's what we need. Like we need more guys like Schwarber who I mean he tried it on Sunday yeah. too. He did everything he could. I mean, it wasn't his fault. That second over, you we texted each other. Like the homer from his knee is one of the all time how the hell did that guy hit that ball out of the park there type of home runs. It was like I thought it was a pop out, yeah. Like the way it looked, and it just goes like the strength that man. Well, had. especially in the dead ball era, which we are, are currently sure, in. That's sure, a, he's like home run Baker out there. Yeah. Um. So yeah, it's just like 
I, I don't see a tough baseball team. I don't like when things are going wrong, like you can kind of see it on their faces. And what what's annoying about that is that <laughs> like it's gonna be a things go wrong in a baseball season. There's there's so yep. many things that go wrong. Like you have to have some resiliency. Over a long stretch of time. It's a really long freaking season. Resiliency is everything, Jack. Yeah, so it just I'm not freaking out about where the team's at. They're one game under 500. The Mets are good. They lost a series in New York. Like that's it's going to happen. It's just I don't see a very tough baseball team. I I you know, and maybe it's it's just uh a trickle down effect from from their manager. Oh, um, you think? Which which it definitely could be. And you know, I don't think what happened in the ninth inning was on purpose. I think Schwarber they definitely threw at him. It doesn't matter. That's it doesn't matter. I I'm sorry. I'm sorry to jump in on you, but like this team is a is is a Joe Girardi baseball team. You know, that's what we've seen the last three years. This guy's the worst. Like, I don't even know if his heart beats. Does he have a pulse, Jack? Like Seriously, I keep thinking of like uh, moments when they like a movie. Like if you're in the in the in the diner in Pulp Fiction, it's any Tim Roth gets on the table, it's like any up, you bleeping pricks, and like shot to Joe Girardi sitting there looking at his binder, like not even paying attention, no idea what's going on. It's like a war could be breaking out around him, and it's like he has nothing going on. He's just sitting there looking at his dumb binder with zero life. They hit Bowman that spot. First of all, how is it not thrown out of the game? The ump issued warnings. Like, I don't know what the hell that was. But the fact that after the Schwarber thing and that they issue warnings and there's feistiness and all that, that Bohm gets hit in the back, slams his bat on the ground, and Joe Drury doesn't come out of the dugout? He doesn't even look like he even knows what's happening, Jack. Like, I wanted to fire him on the spot. And I know we said fire Girardi. We we're out on Girardi. Like, if I would have fired him on the on the bleeping spot. I almost cursed there. Like, that was as close as I come on the IOS pod when I – and someone actually cursed me. I have to leave it out. Like, well, except for last I, podcast where – live it. I, yeah, I, I forgot. You yeah, well, listen, I'll, I'll, I'll let you get back to your rant, but can you please tell everyone that's listening right now that I've never cursed in my entire life, and that I was never, the first time. I, I didn't even notice that you did. Are you sure it was a curse? Like, I didn't I didn't even notice it. I, I think it might have just been taken out of context. You You're ruined – what you did was ruin my golden <laughs> reputation uh, to the listeners of this podcast. Hey, at least you have a golden reputation – Joe Girardi had a golden reputation coming here, and it's the the most BS. I mean, Jack, do you know how much it pains me? Do you know how painful it is to watch Buck Showalter on one side and Joe Girardi on the other and sit there and go, man, I wish Buck Showalter were our manager. Do you know how much that hurts to say that? Like three years ago, both guys were available. I would have, if they had hired Showalter over Girardi, I would I would have lost my mind we would have done a podcast where we're apoplectic about it like buck showalter is a thousand times better than Girardi. i would take him a thousand times at least the dude has some freaking life i'm I, like Girardi is the biggest problem with this team jack i honestly believe that i think the in-game stuff we've killed him for a lot but i think that that him as the front man of this team him as the guy that they go to the guy who's their you know their skip i think he infuses zero life into this team. And I think he even goes so far as to infuse a, a feeling of like, eh, whatever. Yeah. Well, and, and that's the, and that's the annoying part is like, how do you think, I, I just don't know how, and, and I genuinely, I genuinely don't have the answer, but. Fire Joe Girardi, well, I think is the answer. Right. But like, if you're a player and you see what happens in the ninth, or you're Alec Bohm this morning. Are you saying, Man, you know, G- Girardi's got my back. Like, it doesn't matter. Like he said after the game, yeah, I didn't think he threw it on purpose. Like, who cares? Like, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter when 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 a, a batter or two before was intentionally being thrown at. Like Schwarber was being thrown at. So I don't. No question. I don't care if you don't think that Bohm was hit on purpose. He was hit on purpose. He was hit with a baseball after your 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 guy that hit two home runs earlier in the game um, was just intentionally thrown at. Like, go out there and at least stand up for your team. I mean, this is the second time this happened. Last Sunday with the hater thing, barely even gets out there to put up a fight against Kyle Schwarber. Like, honestly, James, I want Kyle Schwarber to be the manager of this team. Like, at least, like, I see him in the dugout. He looks pissed. He looks into it. He's hitting dangers now, so we're back. Um, and, and it's just like, that. that's a guy that gets it. And every time I see Girardi, it's just, it's just like, dude, if you don't want to be here, 
then yep. go home. Like this, we, it's, we've been through too much crap here. We've been through too much. This is the last 11 years. We have a $200 million, $230 million payroll right now. Like if you don't want to be here, then go home. And like, I'm just, I'm just, I'm sick of it, man. And like, I see, and listen, I think the Mets are embarrassing themselves with this whole, like, everyone's throwing at us thing. But you know what that is, James? Is that is Buck Showalter saying it's us against the world. And yep, and that's exactly what it is, Jack. And He's creating that that culture there, like, where those guys fight for each other. Well, and it's bringing that team closer together. Yep, and, yep. and, you know, we sit here oftentimes after uh, disappointing Philly's stretches, and we keep saying, like, well, why don't they look like they care? Why don't they look like... They they're into games. Why do they, why do when they lose they look so like depressed when they do it and it's like just in the worst way possible and we keep trying to figure out different ways. There seems to be one common denominator and that is Joe Girardi. So uh, I, I again I don't want to be a, a blame the manager guy, but when it comes down to this and it comes down to baseball and it comes down to fighting for your guys, like it's just. To, to sit there and say, well, I don't think he did it on purpose. That's why I didn't really raise a uh, raise anything about it. It's like, dude, that's not the point. The point is you want those guys fighting for you, that you, they, that you're their guy. You're you're their manager. You think Charlie Manuel wouldn't have gone out there and put up a fight for Alec Boehm? Like, that's what Charlie did. That's why those guys loved them. I've never heard anyone say they like playing for Joe Girardi. And what happened the ninth last night, uh, it, it, it is a big deal. I'm just telling you, it's a big deal, and I, I, it, it, this is not this. Well, you guys are just being, you know, manager Matt. It's, it's not that. Like that matters. That he didn't go out there last night and stick up for Alec Bohm and stick up for the rest of his team and set the freaking tone for a team that's coming in here in two days. Like the Mets are coming to town in two days, and I, I, I just, I don't. This team has consistently not looked ready for big moments, and that falls on 25. Hundred percent. Like I, I, I'm not a blame the manager guy either. We've come on this podcast many times and said I don't think managers make that big a difference. But to your point and to what I'm trying to convey, it's not. Look, if it were just the bad bullpen decisions and just the not having a great feel for when to pull his starters or you know who the best hitter is to put up at a spot or whatever, like that stuff alone is annoying and frustrating. But you know if 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 that were there, but he were Buck Showalter on the getting his guys fired up side, on the getting his guys to fight for each other side, and the letting his guys know that you have your you have their back in any situation side, fine. I'd be able to deal with that stuff. But it's both. This again, like I, I honestly feel like he doesn't have a pulse, Jack. Like I that game last night, like what happened in the ninth inning to me was way more important than losing the game. It was just a loss, like not that big a deal. Girardi sitting on his ass as Bohm gets hit in the back and throws his bat down and is clearly angry and frustrated. And to your point, to what we talked about a week ago, when the exact same thing happens with Schwarber, and Schwarber is apoplectic, like losing his mind, got thrown out the second he started talking because he was so irate. And Girardi comes out and looks like he's having like a, 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 a Sunday at morning. You see the guy at church conference. Hey, Angel, how you been? How the kids? Everything good? Okay, cool, cool, cool. I'll talk to you soon. Like, that's what it looked like. Like, where where is the fire? Where is the passion? This guy is lifeless. It honestly feels like he's not even invested in these games. I, that's how I feel watching him as a manager. Like, and I know that's crazy, but that's how I feel. I feel like he is not even paying attention to the baseball game that he's managing. And and this stuff has to seep through. Like, it has to matter. It has to be something where your players take your cues, your players take your lead. Like, you're in charge. You're running the freaking show. You're the field manager. A day-to-day basis, you're the guy who makes the calls. You're the guy who the team is supposed to to pull their, their belief, their energy, all that stuff from. And this guy's a statue out there. Like, I... I Honestly, I am I'm as low on Joe Girardi as I've been the entire time he's been here, which is crazy because there have been some really low moments and some really disappointing moments, some September collapses with Joe Girardi baseball teams. Like, I think he has to get fired. Like, I would fire him right now, Jack. I know they're only a game under 500. Like, 
This team plays with no life. And then you talk about the road stuff, another road series they lose. It, it, something we've talked about, what, for years now, right? Like, this team can't seem to find a way to create their own energy on the road. Like, and their manager gives them nothing, Jack. Like, I'm done, man. I would fire him right now. I'd fire well, him today. And they I, won't. And I guess, I and I guess my thing is like, you know, for the people that say, well, don't move on from him, whatever, like, what do you think's going to change? Like, there, it's been 225-plus games of, of Joe Girardi here, and they've looked basically the same. Like, there there has to be – either you want to – here, here's where it boils down to. Either you want to blame the players or you want to blame the guy or you want to blame Joe Girardi. Is it the players that are, are, are creating this culture where they, they don't know how to win, or is it the manager? And – the, the reality is, is these players aren't going anywhere. I mean, these guys are locked in. They've spent a lot of money. Like, the only guy at the end of this year they can move on from, really, is Segura. I mean, Segura's contract's up, which I don't, like, I think Segura's a good and, player. And Didi. And Didi. And that's well, Didi, whatever. I know. Um, yeah. and, and they could theoretically tra- uh, trade Hoskins if they want to put Bohm at first yeah. base. Like, maybe maybe that's it to, to shake the team up. But uh, until, until but it gets... that's not the root of this problem. I don't think I don't think so. I mean, we don't know, um, but I don't think so. So I, if you're not going to move on from the players, it's got to start with Girardi. And I, I just don't – he he is not there's, – there's not been one stretch here where it's been like, yeah, he's doing a really good job. Like, he'll have one good game. Like, Saturday night was a good game. And, honestly, it was more luck than anything. I mean, Alvarado getting out of the, the base loaded jam. It was luck. The yeah. same thing happened the next night, and it went the way we all thought it would. Yes. He got lucky is what happened. Yeah, so, you know – I would love to push back, James, and say, "Ah, oh, you can't fire him yet. You can't fire him yet." And I know it's like way, it's very early, but I just don't see anything changing here. And there seems to be a common denominator here where they they don't, they come up small in big road series all the time. They don't seem like a mentally tough team. They don't seem like a team that can can overcome adversity. And uh, it's got to start with someone, and and it's got to be it's got to be Joe Girardi at this point. Yeah, it has to. And, and again, we know they're not going to do it unless. They struggle more and all that. But Which, yeah. as we said many times, too, like th- to think that they won't do it, period, is is silly. I mean, Dave Dombrowski had the opportunity to give this guy a new contract. He didn't. Dave Dombrowski did not hire him. Like, there are a lot of reasons to believe that the Phillies would move on for Girardi. But right now, I just don't think they're going to do it when they're game under. But but no. the point being that, that it's not just that they're a game under. It's, to Jack's point, it's the sum of the 230 games or whatever that he's managed here in Philadelphia to, to the point you just made, like at no point in his entire, how many Jack, how many times have we had this exact conversation, right? About, and we don't say it this way anymore because obviously we've learned that this is what Joe Girardi is, but how many times do we have the conversation of like when they hired Joe Girardi, we thought we were getting this culture changer. This guy was going to come in and it was going to be a Joe Girardi baseball team. Like, this is how we do things. This is how blah, blah, blah. And we like, it's been zero. It's been to your point. There's been zero instances of that in two plus years. At no point has this looked like a competent, functional, energetic night in night out baseball. Team. Well, and they At don't even, zero points. They don't even play. They don't even play smart baseball. You know, they're not even, it's not like he's, he's had them better fundamentally at, at anything. So yeah, it's just, and, and the thing is, is that, I mean, he he is a lame duck manager. Like Dave Dombrowski has not picked up that option, so it's clear that that's something that they're they're at least thinking about. I mean, if they really believed in Joe Girardi, he would be under contract right now. Um, 100%. But th- I guess last thing here, it's just what I keep coming back to is he doesn't look like he wants to be here. And yeah. for a team that is trying to end an eleven year playoff drought, the history of baseball in this town, the 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 two hundred thirty million dollar payroll. It, it as a Phillies fan, you, I, everyone that listens to this podcast, if you don't want to be here, then leave. And I feel like he does not want to be here. As a fan, as someone that loves this team, watches every game, you feel the same way. Like, if you don't want to be here, then leave. Like, it's as simple as that. That's where my frustration lies. He doesn't look like he wants to be here. Like, I, I don't care about the time he puts into like splits on on making the the uh, making the lineup up every day. Like I don't care about that stuff. I care about in the ninth inning 
when you've had a disappointing series in New York. They just got done throwing at a guy that hit two home runs earlier in the game because they think that they've created this stupid idea that teams are, are targeting them even though they have two more hit-by-pitches than the Pirates. Are the Pirates creating this whole fuss? No, they're not. They're being a real baseball team, but they're creating something that is uniting a baseball team. And in two and a half years, there has been no sign that Joe Girardi has any of that, that he has these players' backs. Alec Baum gets hit. He is on a hot streak, slams his bat down, sits there, doesn't even doesn't even raise his eyebrow to go out there. That's an embarrassment. It is. So if you don't want to be here, then go home. Go back to the MLB Network. I don't care anymore. You're not. There's nothing that he can do that makes me think, okay, he can come back next year. It's over. It's over. And I hope they go on a run. I hope they win. And I think they're still going to win 85, 80 plus, 85 plus games, whatever. Like, I think they're going to turn this around. I feel good about the baseball team. I don't feel good about the manager. And as a fan, I sit here feeling like he doesn't want to be here. And that frustrates me. Yeah, I think it's a great way to, again, like, it does feel like he doesn't have a pulse in these moments, in these games. It doesn't feel like he's locked in the same way we are. It's certainly not the same way the players are. So, all right, let's move on to something else. That's enough Girardi talk. Um, look, not a uh, not a thrilling three days. Why don't we do the pitching real quick, and then we'll get to the bats, because, you know, I think there's some good Schwarber to talk about. Uh-huh. Bad. Uh, we'll get there. We'll get there quickly. Just, just since, you know, since we last talked, we've seen three starts. We saw Gibby kind of run into a little trouble, but, you know, not horrible. We saw um, Nola, you know, not his worst outing, but a, a very similar, you know, Nola-esque type outing. And then we saw Eflin look just just disastrous. You know, every time they gave him an opportunity, he would fritter it away. Um, what was your thoughts on the starting pitching since last time? Well, James, I'm here to say, didn't take much, but I believe in Aaron Nola again. I, <laughs> I, I, I am in on old Knowles. Um, I, I just, I like where he's at. I, I don't think he pitched bad on Friday at all. Um, and like, I, again, I'll take that. I'll take that start from Nola any day of the week. And I'm not saying I'm back in on Nola as a, a one B or eh, maybe a low end too. I'll, I'll say I'm back in on Knowles as a, one, a a low end too. But I think there's more reasons for optimism with Aaron Nola than reasons for pessimism. I mean, he's really only been bad in one start this year. That's I mean, yeah. other, everything else has just been like, yeah, it's a little frustrating, but he pitched some bad moments. It's like the Alonzo Homer the other night. Like that's the Homer that usually gets them killed. That's annoying. Yes. Or like the the opener where he pitches well enough and then runs into the problem and, and gives up four in that inning or whatever. It's like, but, but you know, he, that only, the only really like horrible start he had was that, that time against Scherzer last night. Yeah. So, um, but the, the new plan they have, and, and it kind of continued on uh, Friday, it's this fastball up and then the curveball off that, and it's just a way better design. It, it's a way better plan of attack. It's way better from a tunneling perspective. And, you know, I think the days of Aaron Nola living at the bottom of the strike zone are, are pretty much over. And it's taken him a while to get here, James. I think he's been trying to do this for a while. Um, but I think he's now figured it out. And... That's good for this baseball team. I mean, do we still have to see a start? Like, for me, it comes down to, I just need to see him go down to Atlanta and pitch well. That's my my next baseline for believing and being back in on Aaron Nola. Like, go down to Atlanta and pitch well. But in the time being, I think there's way more reasons for optimism rather than pessimism. And I think it's okay to to buy back in on Aaron Nola being a good starting pitcher for this team. I mean, (laughs) Even when you say that, it sounds like a, a potential for like uh, dude. You know, I know. You get, yeah, this this gets yeah. cut and then yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Like you, you you walk through a door and then we get punched in the face. Everything. Yes. But um, but look, I, I thought he looked really good. You know, and and the the swing and miss stuff has been there. Um, for the most part, he's been good. It's it's funny. It feels like the Phillies have really not, other than that first game in the Colorado one, they really have not scored any runs for him in his starts too until later, you know, the one, the Scherzer game, they were down like nine one and then they scored runs. That didn't count. Um, but yeah, I, that's, that's huge news. I mean, that could be a game changing type of thing, especially with Wheeler finally looking good in that last start and, you know, it, it, massive, uh, anything else stand out to you? Look, I mean, uh, Gibby was Gibby. Not yeah. much to say there, you know, Gibby, Gibby was Gibby, Gibby baby. I love that Gibby. sentence. It's great. It, Gibby's Gibby. 
But Eflin, because uh, we had a really encouraging start that last yep. one with Eflin. You know, was it six plus shutout or whatever? And then just a rough one. Yeah, and that's but that's what he is, though. I mean, he he. he I feel like one out of, out of every five Eflin starts is what we got last night. Because hey, I, I, I'm not, like, raising a red flag here on, on what we saw last night from, from Eflin. I just think he just didn't pitch well. Um, and the, the thing that's interesting, <laughs> he has, like, an arbitration case coming up in the middle of the season that he's pitching in. How weird is that? What? Yeah, what are well, you talking about? No, like, his arbitration – you know, it's usually – in the off season, yeah, no, I've never. That's my point. Like, yeah. what do you? I've never heard of this. Yeah. That happens. It's in May. It, it's coming up this month. What? So, yeah, he came in at he came in at six what? six and this a half. Is a real thing. Yeah. So he like, but also, can they not use? I've literally never heard of this. Like, it's very rare that something related to baseball I've literally never knew was a thing. They do in season no, arbitration. No, no. But the only reason they're doing it is because of the lockout. Oh, that makes okay. Yes. I feel so much better. I was right. like, if I'm missing this my whole life, am I a total idiot? That makes so much okay. Very that's fascinating, dude. Like that adds a whole nother layer to it. Like you're pitching in the moment for money. But but that's my thing. Like, are they allowed to use the current results? Ah, uh, it's a great question. Or are they only going off of what happened last year? I would guess they have to go off what happened last year, right? I feel like they it would have. not be fair. Yeah, it would not be fair. Because it's not his fault. Yeah, I think I think it would happen. But that is pretty wild. Just that that's happening is wild. Yeah. So he, um, but it, it is a contract year for Eflin. So um, th- that's something I think to buy in. I, I just think, I just don't think he pitched well last night. Like stuff didn't look like he was moving well. And I think we've watched enough Zach Eflin starts. Like we, it, it, he has You're, five. You can see it, dude. It, right. The sw- there was nothing swing and miss last night. It, like, looked, like, really it looked like his heavy body uh, yeah. started at yes. Atlanta. There was no nastiness. There was no bite. There was, you know, the, the, it wasn't dropping at all. Like there was just, it was clearly something missing. Yeah, so I mean, I'm not worried. I, I just think that we're gonna get an Eflin stinker every once in a while. But I really do like. It's weird. Gibson Gibson walked five guys, and I swear he pitched well. Like I just Gibson is 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 pitching like a, a very very good number five. And it's it's interesting heading into the um heading into the Eflin start last night. I mean they did they did two seventy nine. Uh, starters ERA since April 18th. Like that's a that's a pretty good stretch of games there. And if your starters ERA is in the in the two eight to three two range, that's going to keep you in ball games, especially hopefully as the offense continues to to find find its uh, footing here and doesn't get no hit by the the Mets. But um, a two a two point eight ERA since since April 18th is a is a pretty good uh, baseline for uh, one of the parts of the team that people felt like was going to hold them back uh, on a potential playoff run, the the numbers would suggest that they're not pitching that bad. All right. Um, like 25, 27, 28 minutes into this, whatever it is. Right. Um, go ahead, buddy. Schwarber. Ah, dude. I mean, <laughs> is it is it crazy? Isn't it crazy that he has the third highest slugging percentage in history against the Mets? Like that is yeah, that's, that's actually insane. It's ridiculous. Um, so it's just so funny, you know. Growing up, it was Burl's the Mets killer, and it was so funny every time. Like he would hit a homer off of Wagner, and he'd be like, "I Mets fans must have hated him." And then Utley comes along. Literally, they open up a new stadium, and everyone refers to the the right field line as Utley's corner, like the the right field foul pole in the Mets stadium. Um, and it looks like Schwarber is is ready to assume the the next generation of Met killers, which is just hilarious. Like Mets fans last night on Twitter were were like begging for them to stop pitching to him. It was ridiculous. We're talking about Kyle Schwarber, who's batting one was hitting like one sixty heading into the game, and Mets fans were begging them not to pitch to him. Like that's called real estate. It's a different level of real estate. So. Um, it's crazy. Like his OPS is already back to like eight forty. Um, he's like like third in the league in homers. Dude, he has the second, second league in, sec- yeah, second. He's up there. Second most home runs you, in the in the NL. Real quick, not to go past it. Real quick, do you did you see the actual home run numbers against the Mets? No. In thirty in thirty six career games, he has hit sixteen home runs against the Mets. I mean, that's like what is that? That's that's insane. So just for reference sakes. Most home runs in their first career 36 games against the Mets. 16 for Kyle Schwarber is the most in history. Two other people have 15. You ready for this? Willie Mays. Will- yeah, you saw this. 
Willie McCovey. Yeah, pretty good. Pretty good. Uh, so I mean, those two guys get to be on the list with Schwarber. That's lead company for them. I, that's, yeah, I'm sure they're honored. Um, <laughs> I and I would love. I, I I need to see it against someone else though before I'm like fully declaring him back. Like you can't just be can't just be the Mets killer. We got although I mean we got four games set heading into this weekend, so yeah, I could I use mean, it. You can be the Mets killer this week. That's yeah. For sure. So um, but yeah, I mean. I, th- I actually looked it up today. Uh, also, since since April 18th, I mean, he's batting 280 with a 400 OBP and an 1100 OPS. So, which is which is good. No, it's, I'm sorry, that's not true. His last 13 games. So, last 13 games, 280, 400, 1100 OPS. So, um, he's currently on pace for 49 home runs. Um, and it's the funniest part about Schwarber James is I loathe. Joey Gallo as a baseball player, and mm-hmm. it turns out that my favorite Philly now <laughs> is basically just NL Joey Gallo. But screw it, dingers, baby, dingers. No, it's uh, it's good, it's good. It's yeah, he'll uh, hit over two hundred. Goal prediction: Kyle Schwarber will hit over two hundred. So, but in all seriousness, like, I. I why is he not back in the leadoff spot? Uh, dude. I mean. Because uh, Joe Girardi is a horrible man. I mean, five games in, they gave up on the leadoff spot thing. He's finally. I mean, I guess. The yeah, kid, he only paid him $80 million. He's only mean, brought in to be the leadoff hitter. You know. $80 million. Whatever. Uh, whatever. It, it's clear. I hate Joe Girardi. Well, it's just clear him. that Girardi. I actually actively dislike him. Like, Jack, you know, you're, you'll. I don't know if everyone out there will understand. Like, I, 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 this is crazy. I actually think I. And it's probably just because I. No offense to the Sixers, care more about the Phillies than I care about the Sixers, but I think I hate him more than I hate Doc Rivers now. That's how far it's gone with Joe Girardi. I think I like Doc more. Wow. Well, at least Doc's won a playoff series here. Oh, buddy, yeah. Back-to-back years of winning playoff series. Now, he's not as insulting to the fan base, but other no, than that. that that's the other, other than that. Well, at, yeah. least, at least he shows up. I feel up. like at least Doc Rivers, is, he might make the wrong decisions, but at least he's paying attention to what's happening. Well, it's just, get, If I asked Doc Rivers after the game, hey, what happened in the game you just coached? I think he could tell me. I don't know if Joe could tell me. Well, you know what else I don't get about the, the Schwarber leadoff thing is that, like, so if you weren't going to make him the leadoff hitter, then why would you sign him? You know, like... It was Joe Girardi not on board with him being a leadoff hitter. So then, why would you sign him? So, uh, so just go down there and override the manager. I mean, other teams well, do that's it. That's what all I the don't time. get, I, Jack, Jack. Honestly, and my guess is that it's because you know, it's Joe Girardi. And he got and off like, to, you know, he's yeah. like a baseball man, and Dabrowski is a respectful baseball guy or whatever. But I honestly, I am shocked. I am shocked that the front office did not say, "Yo, bro." <laughs> No way! <laughs> you in your mind? It's been five games. We gave this guy a million dollars to be our leadoff hitter. Like enough, all right? Like I'm shocked. There are a lot of organizations would have done that. They well, would. it shows how much. Like, it the, shows how much t- how much power Girardi does have. I mean, honestly, yeah. it shows well, how much power. I, he has. I, I also just think it's Dombrowski. Like, I think Dombrowski's more of an old school guy like that. A trust his manager, or let his manager go out and make decisions type of guy. All that type of stuff. Um, and that, again, that's just conjecture, but that's my guess. Cause well, you know, I mean the Rays, the Dodgers, all those type of teams like that, that decision is made from the top. That's yes. not the manager's decision. Well, and also like Dave Dombrowski did watch Alex Cora win a world series for him. Like, he knows <laughs> he shouldn't know yeah. what great managers do. And I, you know, if Alex Cora was comfortable putting Schwarber at the leadoff spot last year for the Rays and Haim Bloom yep. was, yep. or for the yep. Red Sox, yep. the Haim Bloom was, then, hey, Joe, maybe we should put him at the leadoff spot. And you know our guy, Ani Kalambi, wants him in the leadoff spot. I, there's a whole story by Gelb in The Athletic today about how he's like, he's he's basically been influential in their shifts. And the shift actually burned them a good amount of times last it night. It did, yeah. It, it wasn't did. great. Today's probably not the day no, to bring up the shift. I know, but... I do like that. I like that they're experimenting with Boehm over on the uh, second base side. It's been it's been interesting. I feel like I'm I feel like I might be on teetering on watching a, a smart baseball team. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I don't know why you would ever move Boehm from from anywhere near the third base area. He's such a, a shutdown defender at third. I mean, it why is, would you even mess with anything? Which is which is more surprising? <laughs> which is more surprising? Ranger pitching to Boehm, a Boehm, Ranger Boehm. pitching to a one five as a starter last year. Or Alec uh, Bohm not making year, yeah. not making an error at third base since the uh, since the and, I and, bleeping and hate this not place. Not just not making an error, but like like he's making the routine plays, but he's making some of the tougher ones too. Like he's charging on balls and and throwing and like you know making plays, beating some fast guys here and there. I've been 
it's it's astounding. Yeah, yeah, it, it's probably Ranger being like one of the five best pitchers in baseball last year. I mean, that's asinine. Yeah, he's the best, and he hasn't, he hasn't even he hasn't even begun to heat up yet for this baseball team. Yep. So pitching is gonna, as we all said, pitching is gonna carry this team where they need to go, Jack. Yep, just like oh wait. <laughs> All right, let's get into the tag bag. I'm sure you got a lot coming. I, in there. I actually really, I don't have. Wow. I, well, because I want to do a whole thing on the Mets crying, but I brought that up earlier. Like it's just, dude, no one cares about the Mets. Like this team's been put together in the last couple of years, and there's a long history of them being like villains in Major League Baseball. Like just stop. I mean, the, the whole, oh, everyone's throwing at us. No, they're not. I mean, I'm, I'm so sick of that. Like, they did not hit Francisco Lindor on purpose last night. So, um, by the way, are you a fan of of players being mic'd up during the games? Um, y- yes. So, like on a basic level, yes. I-, I think that I whether or not I think it's super entertaining to watch. So, just as a, a pure fan, I think it's fun to watch. I understand the player in me is like it's pretty annoying if I were a player, and and Lindor is is unique. But if I were a player, I probably wouldn't love doing it like all game. It seems like a lot. Um, but I think you know where I come down overall as a whole is that I might have a few issues with how it's orchestrated in the moment at times. But on the whole, like like get the stars out there, get people to know the stars, yep. people with good personalities, put them out there. So on the whole, I'm I'm very pro it because I do think the sport needs to do more stuff like that. I agree, and I think the the, the belly aching about oh the, this is like not far hey, come on. No. Yeah, first off, it's good. For, it's good for everyone involved. It gets it shows the player's personality and and gives you inside the game. Like dude, Francisco Lindor turned a double play last night. It while, was really while cool. he was mic'd up. It was, it was really cool to watch as you're watching, especially how casual he was about it too. It just it was very cool. Yeah, so I I like it. I I, I mean. The questions are weird, like like Ravage talking about, hey, you struck out again. Uh, how'd that yeah, make you feel? A, it's a, it's a, and again, it's a lot. Like, it's really like they really <laughs> keep him going the whole time. It's like, all right, man, like, give him a, can you get an inning off? Well, especially yeah. when Ravage was like, hey, uh, you going to stay with us while you go in the field? He's like, no, nah, I got to get out there. <laughs> like, like <laughs> I love that. Uh, Bryce, uh, Bryce didn't have an excuse because he was yeah, Bryce, Yeah. You could tell it a certain way. I think Bryce was being very nice, but I think a certain way he was like, "All right, guys, can we uh, can we take it easy here? Give me a half a inning, a half inning." Yeah, just, not, yeah, just a little break. Lindor is. It is a shame that uh, that after a uh, you know disaster year last year, Francisco Lindor is back to being Francisco Lindor. That is incredibly disappointing. Yeah, well, I love Lindor. So it's me like, too. Yeah, yeah it's I, tough. dude. You know, he was like one of my three favorite players in the sport until he got traded to the Mets. Yeah. Well. Shame is what it is. Uh, My two favorite guys were always Lindor and Bregman, and then in the last two years they both got ruined for me. So yeah, awesome. well, Bregman's a big cheater. So uh, yeah, I know that's what I just said. They got ruined for me. All yeah. right. Um, you know I've you know how I've been like cautious about you know wanting to be all in on on Brad Hand, dude. I don't know, man. Yes, honestly, honestly, yeah, I do because it's literally the only time you've ever been cautious about being all in on a Phillies. So, well, yes, because like. I definitely thought he was cooked last year. And then they signed his offseason. I was like, no, nah, definitely a bad idea. And then I was pretty like, all right, this is going to not work out well. But him last night, like his slider hasn't moved that much since the, the heyday of Brad Hand. So tentatively, I'm all in on Brad Hand. But I'm keeping one foot out the door in case I need to jump off the, the, the Brad Hand hype train. So that gives the Phillies... On most nights, again, it's bullpen, it's all that stuff. I, I get it. But on most nights, Knable, Sir Anthony, Familia, and Hand are going to get the job done. And we just, it's been a while since we've had that kind of back of the bullpen. Familia has been shaky recently, but that's kind of what he is. And if, if you're getting this version of Brad Hand, it just ups the level up. And then you add in like a James Norwood to that and then Nick Nelson. It's a pretty good six. It's a pretty good six. Alvarado gives me a a, a heart attack every time he's out there. I hate watching it. <laughs> yeah, it just, it. It's not fun. No, I'm you know, We're all excited. I'm we're like, oh, 100 no. miles. This is so fun. No. Yeah, and like you said, pitching ninja really with those like, you know, like. Um, oh, it's all his The four-seam. The ball like comes in and just disappears. Like the catcher even loses it because it's so fast. Oh, and last night they're getting, they're getting mixed up on yeah. pitch com. 
Yeah, all that stuff. Like I was so excited, and and it's horrible. Like I hate watching. Him. Oh, I hate just, him. He's it my is. least favorite. He is my least favorite pitcher in our game. Yeah, I just I hate it. Yeah, I hate it's it. not a, not a fun experience. I mean, he'll throw yeah. like the one nine two mile an hour slider. That's like okay, that's good. Yeah, and then everything else. No, is he's just got like, some. Yeah, again, you know what he is, Jack. We should have realized he's a perfect pitching ninja guy. You can that one sick, ridiculous pitch. Those two ridiculous pitches can be encapsulated in GIF form on Pitching Ninja, and we don't have to watch the rest of the disaster start that breaks our heart. Yes, that is the official uh, position of the High Hopes podcast. By the way, Brad Hand was on my perfect off season. I'm just saying. Yeah, I probably said he was cooked then. You did. Yeah, you did. I've. I'm looking. I just pulled it up just to make sure that I'm not. Uh, uh, I had uh, one, two, three, four, five, six relievers on my list that have you know picked any of these guys. Corey can name one brown hand. They're both here. Yeah. Well, you were right. You are a genius when it comes to baseball, and I am just a big old idiot. Big old friggin' idiot. That's what I was. That's what I was fishing for. So thank you. Uh, two more things before I got a top five before the for top you. Top five. Yeah. Why you say it like that? It sounds like you, do you not do you not like the segment? Do I, need to... I love it. No, but you said that like it. oh, you uh, stupid. It was just funny. I think it's funny that you that you are so obsessed with top fives. Yeah, well, I came up with it while doing this podcast. So that's called oh, that's called being talented, Val. Yeah. yeah. Um, Andrew Painter has now struck out forty eight of sixty six outs as a. Is that good? As a minor leaguer. And I will say, I know people are going to say, oh, you can't be in on Andrew Painter because after last year at the draft, you said, you know, that's not the guy you would have drafted. The The category that I put Andrew Painter in was would not be excited about, but would definitely talk myself into. So that's a pretty fair assessment of where I'm at with Andrew Painter now. And now I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm pretty much ready to, to, to get him into the show. So, um, I am now a, a officially an Andrew Painter guy. Um, I think he is going to be remarkable. And Mick Abel, Griff McGarry, and Andrew Painter are are by far the best pitching prospects this team has like ever had. I, I the the tw- the the baby aces. It's like this this is this dwarfs the baby aces of, of 2011 or whatever like Trevor May and Pettibone and and Cosart oh, yeah. I mean these guys have actual talent like real real talent so um it's exciting that we actually have blue chippers in the system now James like I know it's been a while but uh shout out to Brian Barber and his staff um the patron saint of the Hives podcast yes. Brian Barber I mean how much by the way we haven't, yeah, he's the best. We haven't talked enough though about how when you go through those three names, I mean, we're talking about three top tier, not even home run, like grand slam name test guys. I mean, Griff yes. McGarry, obviously, you don't even need to right. say it. Mick Abel, obviously. Superstar. Andrew Painter for a pitcher? I, I mean, wow. I know. Just top tier stuff. I agree. It's, it's it's really really exciting. So, uh, good place to be at. And my final thing before the, before again the top five here. Before your other final thing. Yeah, before my other final thing and my final yeah. thought after that um, <laughs> is like, I still feel good about the baseball team. Like I I know this weekend was frustrating, and I know Girardi. We spent the whole first twenty minutes saying like he's not the guy, and it's frustrating and. And we would move on from him. And he's, if you don't want to be here, then, then just leave. But I still feel good about the team. Uh, if you look at all the numbers, everything that bears out, I know watching it can be a different story, but it just, it feels, <laughs> it, it feels like a run's coming, James. I, I do believe that. And I think there should be like a two week stretch where it's like, all right, there they are. Um, you know, and, and the thing I've learned the most so far this season is like, you can bring in all the hitters that you want. Um, but the idea that they're they're all going to hit at the same time is just a tad far fetched, and um, they're not. I mean, that's that's the nature of the beast that is Major League Baseball. So um, I genuinely do feel good about where the team is at. I know they're one game under five hundred, and no Girardi can be frustrating. But I just I keep coming back to that. There's there's too much talent here, and and the fact that that Bohm is in the seven hole hitting where how he is. You have a guy like Johan Camargo who can fill in at shortstop and hit a ball like 450 in the ninth last night. Like, they have enough pieces here that's not just the first six in the lineup. Um, you know, it's frustrating that the the leadoff spot this year is batting like 132. 
Um, I'd say it, it's around the 130s, which is insane. Um, and something that they can't seem to get right. But, um, you know, I, 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 I genuinely believe a run is coming. I haven't given up on this baseball team. And I just, you know, I don't, I can't let, I can't let Joe Girardi overshadow my, my genuine feel that, that they're going to go on a run here and everything's going to be okay. Yeah. They fired Girardi. They'll go on a run. I think you're right. It's a well said. Hey, Jim Leland, 77. Hey, I'll take him. I I would, I would take a 70. Look, Buck Showalter, prove me wrong. Way to go, Buck. Go out and get him, buddy. Yeah. Although we could use a nice Mets collapse here soon enough. Yeah. I honestly, when you were talking there, I was literally thinking with you, like, Totally agree. Totally agree. I'm in on this baseball team. They're going to be fine. They're going to figure it out. They need time to gel together. All these guys to get to know each other, to learn to win. All that stuff. Hopefully fire Girardi. Honestly, I'm not as concerned at all about the Phillies as I am concerned the Mets are actually pretty good. Like, that's my bigger takeaway yeah. is not, oh, I'm worried about the Phillies. It's the Mets are real. And they're still the Mets, and they can Mets it up at any moment. But Mets are a good baseball team. That they are. Uh, the top five. Top five worst things I've watched as a Phillies fan off of oh, off of Friday night watching oh, them man. get fake no hit. You can fit it in five, really? I know. Well, believe me, I left off some some haymakers, but these are the first five that came to mind. <laughs> Number five, Hector in LA when he when he Oh, went, the three the yeah, yeah. The yeah. Back, was it back to back to back? Back uh, to back to back. Oh. I, I remember where I was so do I. when I saw that. Yeah. I think we were together. I don't, even, I don't, but I don't think I, we were doing the podcast yet. No, we weren't. Yeah, it was just hard. I think that was around the Eagles draft, maybe. I know, but I know it Nolan, was a little more summary. Well, I think it was a little more into the summer. It was the same night Nolan Patrick got drafted, so I know that. Yeah, so like June, yeah. I think is is right. Yeah. Uh, number four is the day before I am scheduled to fly out to Chicago for my bachelor party. Jason Hayward hit a walk-off grand slam. Oh, Adam Morgan. Yes. The first time in, in Jason Hayward's scrub career, he was caught up to 96 on the hands, was off of Adam Morgan. And that was a – because earlier in the game, Dylan Cousins hit a home run. And I was like, oh, maybe there's something here. Gave the Phillies the lead late, and then the Hayward grand slam happened, and it all went to ruins. It's pretty sad that they Jason Avery. I'm like Adam Morgan, and we're like, yeah, we remember that. Like it's so sad. We all, we our remember lives, exactly where we were. Been, yeah, our lives have been really sad as yeah. baseball fans yeah. the last few years. I, I produced that game. I remember that very vividly. Yeah. Speaking of another game, I produced. Um, how about the Mets twenty to like four win? Oh the, 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 God. the first game oh. of a doubleheader um, on a Sunday. Kingery came in and pitched. And it was during an Eagles game because I had to I had to do uh, I had to produce the game on on PHT, and having to sit there through a doubleheader in which the first game they lost twenty to four or something like that, and Kingery is pitching the last inning, just just the worst. I mean, just yeah, absolutely the worst. It's horrifying. It was horrifying. The second worst things, the worst game I've watched as a Phillies fan, um, is having to watch an absolutely cooked Josh Beckett throw a real no hitter against this team. Oh yeah, remember the Beckett no hitter? It's like yeah. I remember leaving. It was like probably 2014, 2015. Uh, uh yeah, something something, something around there. And I was like, what am I doing? Like, what is the point of even continuing to follow this baseball team? Josh Beckett can't pitch anymore. And him throwing a no-hitter against this team was was just awful, awful, awful. Yeah, I'm I'm very with you now. <laughs> and the just worst real. the worst game I've watched as a Phillies fan, I will still remember exactly where I was. I don't want to blame Glenn Mack now, but I was at the <laughs> <laughs> I was at the contract and brewing company. Um, nineteen to eleven, Phils oh, Phils my, Marlins. Yeah, I mean, yeah, they're up early. The Velasquez it's a Friday blows night, it. right? It was oh, like a Friday just night, I think. Awful. Just straight up awful. Um well, I hate that I, I hate that game with like every fiber of my being. There's so many though. Like I, I know I left off. Dude, a, I, a yeah, I could have left fifteen games you could have mentioned. I could have put dude. Colorado in twenty eighteen on there. Oh, for sure. The Wilmer Defoe game, remember that one? David that Hale to Trevor one. Story. Dave, oh, absolutely. That could, yeah, really, that whole Rocky series in 2018, all three of those games could go on there, like in a second. It was a 14 to 
two the one game or whatever. Getting like. getting swept out by the Nationals, uh, who were the one of the worst teams in baseball in like twenty nineteen to take them out of no twenty twenty to take them out of the postseason run. Like all they had to do was win one game the rest of the year. I think they lost five five straight in Washington to a team that had given up at that point. So Oh yeah, buddy. Yeah, there's God, there's so many. There's what so a, many. What a sad, sad Hector sad Hector in Hector. Yeah, just Hector. Like yeah. how many ten hectares? I can think of ten hectares. Oh well the freaking the, the ball last year that JT caught a slider for instead of a splitter. Well, how about the how about the Padres game? The Jake Cronenworth homer was that last year? I mean that's yeah. like that's like fifty third uh, on the list. And that was like soul crushing in the moment. Felt nothing. Felt, I felt I know. absolutely like nothing. nothing. I was like, what? nothing. Are you kidding me? I can, I can watch that game a thousand times. No, that, that's what that's what I'm saying, man. Like watching them on Friday night, like people are melting down on text messages and Twitter. And I, I was like, I was saying to myself, I've seen this a million times. Like, uh, relax. Yeah. This is nothing. Yeah, I think it's just the embarrassment of it, yes. and especially the Mets. Ooh, Buck Showalter suspended. See, ya. how about this? Ready, Buck Showalter. Uh, hold on, Jim Nance warnings and everything. Uh, news, Beck, man, Mets manager Buck Showalter has been suspended for tonight's game as a result of what the MLB deemed Yon Lopez intentionally throwing at Kyle Schwarber. Lopez has also been suspended three games. So let's just end the pod with that to wrap it around where we were. So baseball, Major League Baseball, thought it was so clear that the Mets were targeting Kyle Schwarber that they suspended Buck Showalter, and Alec Bohm got hit in the back after that happened, and Joe Girardi sat on his ass. Oh, my God. All right. <laughs> I can't believe it. Yep. I, give me Buck Showalter. I would, I would kill for Buck Showalter right now. Wow. What a, what a place to be at as a fan base. I can't. I, 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 five years ago, I would have said I'd rather die than be in that place, Jack. Who knew? Yes. It's, Who knew? Do you, th- do you think, do you think uh, Joe Girardi's appealing Buck Showalter's suspension? <laughs> Oh, that was real. all right. We gotta end. That was the best line any of us left by far. All right, what else? Uh, you got any final thoughts or anything before no, we get out of here? But I am tweeting that. You should, dude, tweet that right now. That is pure gold before anyone hears it. Um, we'll be back. High hopes analytics. Just follow the analytics. You'll know when we're back. Um, my final thought is uh, fire Joe. I might, might shake that my final thought every pod moving forward. Yeah, just Fun play. We're, we're officially back when we want either the I manager know. or the GM fired. Used to be Klentak and McPhail. Yeah. Now we're at Girardi. Good hey, to be, he's the good last remnants of that era. Uh-huh. He is. Uh-huh. Yes. Yep. You know, you get rid of him. Clean slate. How about that? All right. We'll talk to you guys soon. He's for some salsa. Yeah.